So first and foremost. I think the the addition of pant leggings is really when you start to see your heroes get watered down. Can't even muster the ability to play straight pants that one. Uh, which is a good argument for absolute rulers. Everybody is going to get behind me. They're going to love me. And my support numbers will go through. When you hang out with the hero, it doesn't go well for you. My grandfather yeah. took the cop and just slid it right through the bar. Okay. And that became the dominant way our family did it. Okay. And so, <laughs> in both of my marriages, they were treated to that. Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, rage haiku. How do you imagine the rubber chicken My grandmother actually vacuumed in her pearls. Oh my god, it all makes sense. We've had the sexual revolution. It yeah. might have just been a Canadian standoff. We're gonna go back to 9 11. Dude, get over it. Mm-hmm. Nobody understands what the building is supposed to be. Agra has no <laughs> business being that thick. <laughs> With the cultists, win, we all win. This is a Geek History of Time. Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher and sometimes English teacher here in Northern California. And uh, today I took my son to a soccer lesson for the first time in his life. Um, I am uh, not athletic. Uh, Like it is, it is not, running is not something I do well. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it was very, it made me very, very happy to see how much fun he had, um, like running nonstop for an hour. Um, and, and yeah. And, and then, and then we came home and and he napped for a solid two hours and did not move. Mm-hmm. Like, like he he left it all out in the park like he yeah and and just seeing seeing the grin on his face and hmm. you know chasing after the other kids getting chased after by the other kids kicking the ball and yeah it was it was amazing so yeah that's that's what i had going on uh this morning uh, and then I came home and I got to, uh, then while he was taking that nap, I mentioned, I got to, uh, sand a couple of, uh, closet doors that we're going to be painting. And so I went from a really great morning to a really loud and, um, kind of drudgy, uh, afternoon. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the duality of my life right now. How about you? Well, I'm Damien Harmony. I'm a Latin teacher and a drama teacher up here in Northern California. Um, and uh, I, I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. Are you, I know you're Catholic. Um, yes. Is there Amish in your heritage? Not that I'm aware of. And oh God, where is this going? Well, I'm just thinking, fuck, can they run? You know? <laughs> like... Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know. There you go. Yeah. Right. Quick nice. little letter Kenny reference. Yeah. Um, so, have you seen the ish, the the episodes with the Amish in them? I a couple of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh and and so good, so good. 
in in so a way good. that makes me feel like I need to go to confession. But yeah, yes, yes. Oh my god, it's so god, good. This is so, awful. but it's so directly funny. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the the family's you know Dutch and their last yeah. name is Dick. Mm-hmm. So it's just <laughs> Noah Dick and <clears throat> Dick. Uh, oh, have you seen god. the young dicks? Yes. Have you seen? It's just so good. Uh, my boys. <laughs> Uh, go both got into the insulation and then another one fell into some dung. So I had two in the pink and one in the stink. And it just, it's so good. It was, okay. I had not seen that. Oh, you need yet. to, I need to give oh, you episode. I need to give you chapter and verse so you can, oh. like, that's the wonderful thing about what letter Kenny is that you can watch them out of order. Yeah. And while there are arcs and growth yeah. and stuff like yeah. that and storylines, um, as far as the brilliant bits, oh, um, the, the jokes you don't, oh, you yeah. just, you know, you, they're, they're, they're the internet's answer to mm-hmm. Commedia dell'arte. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it really is kind of a, a vaudevillian kind of just sitting there and, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, it just, it's, <laughs> kind of like that's, uh, it's, that's what it's, i appreciate it, about you right you know it's, it's is that what you appreciate about me between putting it all the way in this brie here or in the swiss cheese you know and it's just yeah oh it's so good but yeah, yeah. okay i will give you chapter and verse okay you have to watch that episode and i'm gonna say as a veteran of two marriages you have to watch that episode with your wife that's that is yeah you okay can blame it on me after but and you know i will yes All right. yes okay. but i really i want to hear that your wife's <clears throat> heard it and okay it's oh my god okay. so good okay so here's what's happened with me lately okay uh, <laughs> um i went to a friend's house um and they were very grateful for some help that i'd given them previously okay and they who they know who they are they're listening um but i went to a friend's house um found something out disturbing about myself um these friends of mine are small uh they're not little people but they are small folk i think a cat was at the door i'm not sure so if we pause it's because my daughter's at the door okay but they're smaller folk um now okay i'm 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 sitting uh-huh. here on the other end of an internet connection talking to you being you know five six mm-hmm. when you say like are they shorter than i am she is, which is okay. not uncommon. Um, yeah. I think he's five seven. Okay, but he might be five six. Okay. But if you added them together on a seesaw, okay. it made them sit on one end and made me sit on the other. I'd still be on the fucking ground. Okay, yeah. I outweighed my friends. Both of the, them. The couple of them. Yes. Combined. Yeah. Yes. It was. You know, so, I went, so so unlike me, they are in fact small, small. not just short. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was um I mean, I <laughs> it's COVID. I get it, but yeah. like <laughs> but you realized maybe you need to get back into the intermittent fasting or like Yeah, well that's obvious. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah okay. uh, like I don't I don't need to 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 be around them to notice that, but but it was just like this moment of like when I was married, I outweighed at some points, I outweighed my then wife and her cousin. Um, but they were they were both small and that that was fine. But the fact that it's a couple 
where somehow. sexual dimorphism exists yeah. in our culture. Some somehow somehow this this hit home in a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was and unfortunately it wasn't even the all right, I gotta get a bow flex, I gotta start doing stuff. No, it was just like, oh, that's a thing now. So <laughs> It's like when my finger started acting up, you know, my ring yeah. finger on my left hand, like it, it, yeah. it doesn't quite grip as, as tight. And it was like, okay. oh, that's a thing now. Yeah. Not I'm going to get that fixed or anything like that. It's yeah. just like, oh, OK, that's okay. that's how this that's is, breaking down. This is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I am. Uh, I am. What do you call the the living embodiment of entropy, apparently? So well, we kind of all are. Yeah, some more obvious than others. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is kind of like along the lines of uh, you're always starving to death. It's just every time you eat, you reset the clock. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So So anyway, that's that's what's new with me. Okay. Thank you for that existential crisis. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fun. So when last we talked, um, there were some people that saw a TV show but swore that they'd seen aliens. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, and then there was some guy who <clears throat> I, we didn't say he was a white supremacist, but I'm going to say that saying that he everything had that other some cultures problematic did, kind of ideas about people yeah. accomplishing things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you know, know, and 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 here's the thing. I'm uh-huh. I'm going to I'm going to take it. I don't know if it's a step further or what, but um, the the inherent racism involved in well you know the egyptians and the mayans and the chinese and all of these people you know they clearly the the you know easter islanders polynesians melanesians whatever you know clearly they had to have extraterrestrial help i'm not even going to say that that i think i think the 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 racism is it the 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 occult racism the Mm -hmm. the crypto racism I i don't know the 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 baked in there we go latent yep. that's yep. the word i was looking for i'm i'm not even going to say the latent racism is the worst part of that what what makes me angry as a history teacher about it is that von daniken looked at all of that and instead of going oh my god ancient people were fucking amazing right it's well this this had to be aliens it's like way to sell literally your entire fucking species short asshole yeah it's instead of the what a piece of work is man how noble in reason yeah how infinite in faculty in, instead you know and how like a god it's well, yeah brown people sure got some help for some aliens yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 how could how could a bunch of primitive dipshits have accomplished all of this Number one, they weren't as primitive as you think. And number two, the fact that they were primitive doesn't mean they weren't smart, jackass. Yeah. You know, this this is one of those things. It's it's a kind of presentism on top of the racism mm-hmm. that that I continually have to have to like try to try to knock out of my students' heads when I'm when I'm teaching. It's like, okay, look, yes, you have a cell phone in your hand that is uh you know that, that is a handheld device that has thousands of times the computing power of the machines that got us to the moon right this is a marvel this is this is something to truly like if, if you ever if you ever want to blow your own mind think about that for a second think about the access that gives you to mm-hmm. everything it gives you access to that is absolutely amazing 
Right. With that being said, you are not inherently any fucking smarter. And as a matter of fact, in some important ways, you're probably dumber and less fit and lazier intellectually and and etc. Mm. from from the the people who engineered and built the pyramids i okay so i'm gonna quibble you know. there because i think we can do some some cognitive offloading um i okay. don't have to memorize phone numbers and therefore i can focus on other things or more importantly yeah. and my math teacher friends can point to this uh students don't have to memorize formulas we don't have to spend class time doing that so we can get yeah. into more complex shit because we've taught them how to program their computer their their calculators yes. that being said uh, the people who got us to the goddamn moon using slide rules, yeah, are that much more amazing considering how much more computing power we have that we can share memes. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. it's it's that much more amazing. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's a thing called the Flynn effect. Are you are you versed in this? Uh, familiarize me it's the i think uh, i've heard it but i don't remember it right now. if you take a, a standard and again i i'm i'm damien phrasing here and and forgive me if i mm-hmm. my broad yeah, brush yeah, yeah. skips over or screws up some details but essentially if you control for intelligence um we are still going up by about three points per generation in the iq so if you okay. if you renorm it every time right so that yeah the average intelligence is still 100. I think okay. that's what it is. Um, we are still three points smarter than the previous generation and they then they from the previous and they from the previous and they okay. from the previous to the point where if you really think about it, like if you have a great great grandparent um, who would have been alive around the time of the first uh, IQ test being yeah. administered, um, they would functionally be 15 points lower than you. Uh, that is more than a standard deviation. Um, okay. That is, uh, you know, you're, you're starting to get down toward the needs and IEP level, quite honestly, cognitively. And okay. by the way, IQ tests, I, I have huge problems with them to begin with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the least of which they value speed over everything. Yeah. Now, why would I have a problem with that? I'm one of, I'm a very fast processor because not everybody learns that way and yeah. i don't care if you it took you longer to get there you got there so you know just as well as i do kind of thing yeah but uh part of it is because of public schooling and an yeah. emphasis on abstract thought uh which i think absolutely has to do with post-war uh worry about democracy um okay. yeah. and uh and and so you would have a question what do a dog and a rabbit have in common okay now there's several ways to answer that right they both have yeah. fur they're both by bi- uh they're bipedal jesus quadrupedal um, yeah quadrupedal um they're they, both mammals exactly you know uh they, they, they tails yeah they both have uh they both tend to to exist in groups yeah um and stuff like that uh, a person a hundred years ago might answer it along the lines of, well, I use my dog to hunt the rabbit. Yeah. Cause they wouldn't think in terms of commonality between those creatures because yeah. for them, a dog was used for hunting and a rabbit was so the thing that yeah. you eat and yeah. therefore, and that's the connection. Yeah. Paradigmatically. Yeah. yeah. They would not even be able to answer the question in the way that you meant it when you asked it. Yeah. So that's the Flynn effect. So we okay. are, you know, 
uh, three points higher every generation, even when you adjust for intelligence. And so our our dumbest phone starer mm-hmm. will still score better on an IQ test than you know your average hunter with the dog going after the rabbits. Yeah, hundred years ago. That okay. doesn't mean that there's less intelligence earlier, but there is something that's changing um, culturally in us. Okay. Now, that being said, you could rewind the clock by 5,000 years. Yeah. And you've got the pyramids or 3,000 yep. years. I forget how long. Um, I think it's close to 4,000, right? Close to, close to four. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cleopatra is closer to the moon than she is to the first pharaohs yeah um you rewind that far fucked up thing to think about talk about blowing your mind yeah yeah the one that gets me is that the average american has one testicle and one ovary um and i am woefully (laughs) under average on one of those but i am excessively above average on another that just proves that there's lies damn lies and statistics (laughs) Right, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that was actually one of the things my dad had had the most trouble with when he when he went back to school to get his bachelor's after uh-huh. after he you know been in the navy and then come back and they said no no if you if you want to hold on to your commission you've got to actually go back and finish college right and so he wound up he looked at all the units that he had from back when he was in school and he was like okay what's going to get me through this fastest okay I can get a psych degree. Mm. and and uh part of getting that psych degree was was some gut level uh sociology course that he had to take sure and um he could not it was it was so hard for him to stomach (laughs) the 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 statistical part of the sociology stuff that like well you know uh you know the average the average uh american home uh, you, you know, the, the average American middle-class family owns, uh, you know, uh, 1.5 cars and has, you know, 2.5 children. Right. And he's like, no, fuck you. You don't own half a car. Right. Like, what? Like, you know, like, that's is, you okay. Know. That's the, I use my dog to go hunting shit. Yeah, well, Your dad's yeah, it, not dumber than anybody yeah, a generation yeah. later. Yeah, but yeah, and, like yeah, it, it, and 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 it wasn't. And and here's the thing, though, it wasn't so much that that it was, he didn't he didn't like have trouble conceptualizing that. Okay, that's the average figure. What what he what he just had this visceral emotional reaction to was like this just proves <laughs> that all of the statistics shit is bullshit. <laughs> instead of going, just instead of going that extra step of going, okay, for every ten people, there's fifteen cars. It, 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 yeah. Instead of just you saying, know, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah. He's hanging well, no, up on the yeah, well, can't he, own half a did, car asshole. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it, which which says an awful lot of, about A, him, and B, how I am, in fact, my father's son. Because, sure. <laughs> because similar conceptual things are what I look at, and I'm like, fuck you. Right. Like, no. So Come on. So anyway. So you go back to the pyramids, and yeah. those people would have been um so functionally far behind us on an IQ test which kind of just proves that the IQ test is very present yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's presentist you know? and and 
is very much built around a very, very specific kind of definition of what intelligence looks like. Right. You know, and yeah, and, and it's, it's such an ephemeral thing that like, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's like trying to trying to nail jello to the wall, um, yeah. you know, so uh, but yeah, so so the whole the whole von Daniken theory about you know aliens is just it's 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 broadly insulting on so many levels, and and as somebody who wanted to be an archaeologist un, until I realized that no no I'd, I'd actually have to spend time in science classes and and that was like a <laughs> no go for me. Sure. Um, also, I'm not nearly detail oriented enough to to do the job. Like. Oh, I've got to draw a grid and I've got to mark where everything is on the grid. And I've got to, oh God. This sounds oh, like good. homework. More roof tiles. Yeah. Great. yeah. This sounds like homework. Oh <laughs> God. It's supposed to be. You, you mean, you mean, you mean I'm I'm gonna go into a job where I have to do homework for the rest of my life. Okay, fuck that. Um <clears throat> so that was, you know, but but as somebody who who loves mm-hmm. what we learn from archaeologists you know it's it's just it's fucking insulting and and von Daniken's an asshole like yes so yes. however with that being said von Daniken's an important figure mm-hmm. in pop culture because even if you don't know his name you're likely to have heard of the phrase chariots of the gods right and even if you haven't heard of the phrase chariots of the gods the idea of you know ancient aliens is one that has gotten its fingers all into mm-hmm. science fiction, uh, like the whole the whole premise of Stargate, uh, the movies, the movies and the TV series is right. is von Daniken, you know, um, and it's 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 everywhere in uh, oh, it's that you mean know, genre, yeah, aliens, yeah, right, um. Which my students repurposed to say the wolf was this big. Uh, <laughs> okay. But in Latin. Cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. So so we have we have in 68 we have von Daniken. And and then in the 1970s we have the found the foundation of Raelianism, uh, which is a UFO religion, which teaches okay. that humanity was created by alien beings called the Elohim. Oh Jesus, this is totally triggering me to my first marriage <laughs> okay I, I, I maybe not as part of this broadcast but i, I gotta ask you about <laughs> yeah. that at some point yeah. that'll um, be off camera yeah okay and yeah. then and then uh in the 80s uh we have communion written by whitley streber who describes his encounter with entities that match yeah. very closely the description of the grays right it's an interesting kind of side note here that number one, Whitley Strieber is a horror author mm-hmm. who published this book as nonfiction and who asserts that he's not sure that they were extraterrestrials, but he does know that they were not human. Right. And, and they, they might've been aliens. They might've been spiritual beings. It might've been, you know, some kind of psychic echo from the future. Like I don't aliens know, are actually but... extraterrestrials. Like there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah. Okay. So we ended last week with yeah. me talking about how you get fundamentalist religions. You get a lot of spiritualism. You get a lot of that yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. culty shit. And you get, uh, you know, this increase in aliens. Now you're starting to see it in the 80s. All yeah. of them are intertwining. 
oh yeah the thing you know the celestine prophecy type shit like oh yeah the yeah. thing that Weirdness. we thought were were angels you know all these religions they for years have just misinterpreted it now we get it because it's the 80s yeah the angels were the aliens all yeah, along. the angels yeah and and look at look at the background of the mona lisa right there's there's a ufo in the background of the mona lisa and by the and, way it all is hella racist because it, it ends up being like this guy came to fix my oxygen tank and and he was clearly an angel and you could just tell by the way that his white hair was resting mm, mm, kinked mm -hmm. up atop his chocolate brown skin and you're just like fuck get me out of here stop it yeah. with the magic negro bullshit no oh, yeah. um you know just <laughs> so tropey so yeah. and yeah. so racist yeah so so what i was next going to get into is oh. that over the course of all this time the lore of ufos got convoluted and weird mm -hmm. like like because what this what this turned into was this turned into the folk religion of the dominant culture of the of the united states certainly um right. in in the middle ages the there was the church and when mm -hmm. there was not, when, when you weren't busy praying in church, you went out into the woods and you left an offering to the fair folk. Mm. The, those, those were like the alternative that, that was hedging your bets, right? you know, right. on a, on a, on a spiritual level in yeah. the modern era, people stopped going to church. Mm -hmm. You had the scientific rational outlook. Mm-hmm. And then you had engaging in the folk religion of reading about, you know, alien abductions and the interrelationships of different extraterrestrial species with each other. You know, the 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 daylight belief in uh, technological progress and, and scientific uh, advancement yep. then had the twilight uh, uh, counterpart of you know in search of which is a great series and i love it and and you know uh leonard nimoy was amazing but you know that's that's kind of that that's the right. show that gathered all this stuff together and all this occultism and all this alien crap uh, um you know was was the was the hedging your bets emotionally psychologically maybe not spiritually in the same way but you get what i'm trying to say here yeah and i think that there's there's also a couple other things that are coming to the fore one capitalism is really drilling down on this shit um and <laughs> yeah. and you know so you've got all these shops opening up uh that sell crystals and you know oh, yeah the new age movement balls it yeah it gets, gets tied in with this and the business of the new age movement becomes right. a huge thing yeah which then leads to grifters finding new grifts and stuff like, um, you know, the 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 Russian psychics um, coming over. Yuri, to America. Uh, not, not yeah, Yuri, Yuri, Gagarin. yeah, but he was from the seventies, and yeah, but yes, I mean certainly him. Yeah. But I'm thinking of like the two women, the two sisters who could just look at someone's picture and tell you where they were in the world or, 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 and so oh, they tested yeah, okay. them by showing yeah. them a picture of Ted Bundy. And yeah, so there's some debunking that happened, but yeah. by and oh, large, yeah. you had all these tabloid TV shows coming up too. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Inside Edition, Ripley's Believe It or Not, uh, 2020 would run shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Unsolved um, Mysteries. Yeah. yeah. Unsolved Mysteries was more abductee, like, and not not alien abductee, just yeah, like, but you know, this is a domestic. Yeah. Yeah. This is a domestic abuse case. Yeah. Okay. Good point. Um, yeah. Same with America's Most Wanted. But there were, I mean, those two fed the, the paranoia, but like yeah. the other ones were like, you know, there would be video of, somebody getting exorcismed and yeah. there'd be a video of somebody channeling uh, the, a long dead spirit of an angel named Merlin from the, you named the fucking star yeah. cluster thing. Um, <laughs> and that was on TV and not like, oh, yeah. not like at a weird times, like, like, Oh no. Prime time. Yeah. Prime time. Prime shit. Time, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you know, you've got all that going on. Yeah. And, and so, um ufology itself as mm-hmm. a as a phenomenon as a social phenomenon as mm-hmm. a movement developed its own kind of canonicity mm-hmm. and you kind of wind up getting different denominations within ufology <laughs> you know i mean it really it really turned into kind of a kind of an alternative religion or mm-hmm. or what is what is often referred to as new religion mm-hmm. um and like different different groups of ufo conspiracy theorist types would assert different motives to different groups of ets mm-hmm. you know well you know uh well, these you know, are the cat they're, people. they're yeah you know and, and yeah. they're and they're you know part of the you know intergalactic federation and they exist you know right uh, they're, they're they're actually from the far future but they come back in time to visit us to you know try to help us you know get ahead or right. whatever <laughs> And then what's interesting, though, is broadly they all agreed on kind of what the different alien types were. Mm -hmm. And very broadly, uh, getting back to one of your points, the Pleiadians, who are straight, blonde-haired, tall, white people aliens, are most often seen as being benevolent guides of humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Where the reptiloids, snake people, lizard people, some variation thereon, are most often assumed to be malevolent and are in fact a major part of the conspiracy theories of, I didn't put his name down, but crazy ass motherfucker who's convinced, who, who makes an awful lot of money. I don't know if he believes his own, but I feel like he believes his own bullshit, but I don't know. Um, who who is convinced that the royal family of the United Kingdom and the Rothschilds and basically anybody who's famous is either a lizard person, like the Bush family are all lizard people. Um, the Clintons mm-hmm. also are all lizard people. I, I don't know if he's been active enough to have a theory on Trump. Um, but, you know, they're either lizard people or they're in league with lizard people. Mm-hmm. Which then all comes right back, as you pointed out at the end of the last episode, to sadly the el- the protocols of the elders of Zion, and it's like, why? Right. Why can't you come up with anything original? Was that David Icky? Yes, David. Yes. Icky. Yes. Yeah. Who is a white, uh, like straight up neo Nazi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, though, he was like. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, no, no, neo Nazi. Yeah, yeah. He he said the protocols were were real. Oh well, yeah. But that because, that jumps you to the front of the line for neo Nazi. But wasn't he well, like well, a yeah. football player or something? 
I don't remember what his what his okay. role in society was. And I mean soccer player. Crazy. I don't mean you know. yeah because he's a bread. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. And and the interesting thing is, you know, just like uh, Fox Mulder, for a lot of these folks, it's you know if Jesus, then aliens. Or you know, if aliens, <laughs> then then Loch Ness monster. If aliens, then you know. And so, of course, mm-hmm. if if he's peddling an alien conspiracy, of course he buys into the protocols of the elders of Zion. Because if one thing is true, then naturally it all has to be true. Yeah, you know. And so and so we wind up getting this this mishigas of conspiracy theories and weird you know, folk religion ideas that are influenced by 60s TV shows, you know, science fiction stuff. And, and, you know, just, just the UFO craze uh, fed into and then fed from and then fed back into popular culture between mm-hmm. the 1950s and into the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And all of this is happening at the same time that the world is gradually getting used to the idea that we are constantly living on the precipice, pardon me, of nuclear annihilation. And we just hung there for, you know, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And our folk myths of alien abduction and extraterrestrial forces who you never knew when they were going to show up and they were going to take an experiment on you and you were going to lose time. Right. And, you know, depending on which stripe of it you believed in, you know, they're, they're, you know, all part of a galactic federation or they're part of a plot to take over the world. And like Mm -hmm. either they're going to save us and there's not really anything we can do about it, or they're, you know, going to conquer us and they're way more advanced than we are. And there's not anything we can do about it. And all of this reflects our anxieties and our feelings of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that's, that's, I'm going to put a pin in that. Okay. With, with that is where, where we're going to sit with, okay. UFO culture and UFO lore. And now at the beginning of the last episode, you, you briefly jumped to what I'm about to talk about here, because I got to get okay. back to talking about, I'm going to say the ground level cold war. Okay. So the U S and the USSR were in a position where we couldn't afford to duke it out directly. Right. And we still can't, (laughs) even though it's not the USSR anymore, you know, we're, we're still in a position where no matter how much we might, you know, daydream about, you know, being able to take direct action to stop things that are going on in the world, we can't afford to. Because we're still talking about, you know, the nation state in the world with the second largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. And so, you know, and and during the Cold War, it was even even worse. And so Mm -hmm. instead of a long and destructive conventional war, it would be a very short apocalyptic exchange of city burning weapons. Yeah. So there. So like the moment. The moment a Russian shot at an American soldier or an American soldier shot at a Russian soldier, the, the instant that happened, everybody was going to be dead, mm-hmm. like everywhere. So we couldn't do that, but we still, on both sides, still believed that they had this existential war they had to fight and they had to be trying to stop one another any way they could. 
So they fought proxy wars instead. Sure. We talked about the space race kind of as a proxy war. Mm -hmm. We talked about the Olympics as kind of a proxy war. Absolutely. We're going to show off the superiority of our culture and try to win over people to our side, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, then there was just direct intervention in unaligned nations. Right. Like make them make a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Push them to pick a side. Right. And so trying to gain influence or outright control of Mm -hmm. client client states okay we wanted we wanted to try to make everybody in the third world a client right we we wanted them and the soviets wanted them you know and so the ussr supported communist revolutionaries all over the world funneled money to them funneled political support to them did whatever they could to to you know support that and in turn the united states supported anti-communists in a lot of cases this meant supporting terrorists and or dictators yeah, very heavy on the the uh, crypto fascist front. Well, yeah, because yeah. who's going to be more anti communist than exactly than like exactly. you know? Um, so now, I, just real quick, the, yeah. the Soviets. Um, I mean, Stalin canceled the Third International. He was like, "No, I'm not giving y'all any money anymore," because yeah. he cared more about Soviet security. Khrushchev yes. did the same. Brezhnev did the same. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that they didn't fund various folks in different countries, but they very often would fund them only to a point or they would say, hey, best of luck. You have our moral support. That's about it yeah. um, and stuff like that. But they, they certainly did support certain groups where they knew that it would like niggle us um, yeah. in, in, in the ear, you know, kind of thing. But it just I, I do want to quibble with your use of the words all over the world. It wasn't all over the world. They were much more pointed about who they would give money to okay. and encouragement to. Um, same with China. I mean, for instance, you had the Sino-Soviet uh, like dissolution of friendship there. Um, oh, yeah. They had a huge falling out. You know, so so they're not going all over the world so much as they're they're picking their shots to keep us barking at everything. Well, yeah, because yeah. and 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 the thing is, um, what what they their their doctrine mm-hmm. around that was, they could not. They knew that they could not afford, right to to fight every battle and what they what they could afford to do what they were going to get their best bang for their ruble doing mm-hmm. was to keep everybody else on an unstable footing yes uh which which is the primary lesson that um the current president of the russian federation took away from his time working right. for the kgb um you know, and and so yes, that is that is certainly true. So, but but the perception of people on the policy making end here in the United States mm-hmm. was that they were everywhere. Yes, yes, and 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 we had we had to be we had to be constantly fighting everywhere, right? Um, in in order to hold them at bay. Meanwhile, they 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 did what they could to to give us that impression oh yeah they capitalized you know, on it yeah. absolutely and and it's not like the united states wasn't lousy with spies um yes. in you know that's yeah. also true in fairness everywhere else was lousy with our spies 
Yep. So there but, you go. But yeah, in but it, you know, the worst thing for a conspiracy uh theory is to be proven right. Because <laughs> then your yeah. your zeal was retroactively justified. Oh yeah. Yeah. No matter how wrong you uh, were. the moment so. the moment a paranoid actually finds out there is anybody who has done something to them, it right. just reinforces all the rest of the paranoia. Right. So so that and, happened. And, yeah, so now I'm going to go through a a a very truncated list, okay, of of things that the United States did, uh, in 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 order to prevent, or or in the belief that it was done to prevent communist takeover. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1953, yeah, yep. the United States and the United Kingdom cooperate to overthrow the democratically elected Mossadegh government in Iran strengthening the power of the shah mm-hmm. uh now here's the interesting thing mossadegh was not about as far as we know he was not about to uh ally with the ussr he no. was not a communist and even the cia no. was like well no he was a democratic socialist yeah now the thing is however his uh, uh not cabinet his parliament had voted to nationalize iran's oil production because they were pissed at the brits and then the Eisenhower and Churchill governments were afraid that Mossadegh was was going to fall to mm-hmm. communist forces or USSR friendly forces within his own nation. So the CIA decided, well, then we better get in there and do something. And they planned and orchestrated Operation Ajax mm-hmm. under the command of none other than Kermit Roosevelt Jr. Yes. Oh, he did tons the of grandson shit. of TR. Oh, yeah. No, Kermit Roosevelt was like the american version of james bond I was james say, bond was a yeah. supervillain like yeah. by the way yeah. mosadek wasn't just pissed at the british uh he also saw this and a lot of people in his parliament saw this as a chance to actually let iran's resources work for iran oh yeah i yes <laughs> you know? i oversimplified there yes yeah. but but the brits were assholes yes it they were kind of yes. you know i mean the point i was trying to make was the brits yes. were assholes mosadek was like you're not paying us the money you owe us that jackasses right you know and and so yeah they nationalized uh aoa i'm trying to remember the acronym but anyway the the, the oil the uk owned oil company that was which would eventually operating. become bp yes yes so in 1961 mm-hmm. after the soviet-backed revolution of fidel castro overthrew the batista government which had been mm-hmm. propped up by the u.s and heavily infiltrated by the way by the u.s mob mm-hmm the CIA funded and organized the Bay of Pigs invasion, which, which went great, didn't it? Which <laughs> failed spectacularly. Oh, okay, yeah, um, spectacular. Yes, and they, <laughs> and then and then after that, the CIA spent the next thirty years uh, engaged in a dizzying number of plots to assassinate Castro. Yes. Um, and several of them involved cooperation with actively wanted members of the mafia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like like an arm of the U.S. government worked through third parties to contact people who were on the FBI's ten most wanted list mm-hmm. to try to get their help to kill yeah. Castro. Oh yeah, <laughs> like really? Yeah, like, yeah. The fuck? Totally normal and tried what to good tried guys to do. poison. 
yeah, tried to poison his cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he, of course, uh, Castro for for a very long time uh, gave a at least weekly. Might have been might have been more frequent than that, but he but he he had a, a radio studio that he he did a broadcast where he talked to the people of Cuba from, and they tried to find a way to like introduce LSD into the, the (laughs) broadcast booth. This was, this like seriously was, was an operation they tried to plan out. Right. They were, they were going to try to try to get LSD into his system. So he'd just start tripping balls in the middle of a speech to his own people. Oh yeah. Like, well, you know, maybe it it probably won't kill him, but you know, it'll be a huge embarrassment and, you know, reduces, reduces, is standing and whatever whatever they tried to poison a wetsuit like i mean <laughs> crazy i already mentioned the poison cigars but like they, well, they actually this was tried like, to this was the high watermark for whack-ass cia spy shit though like they they tried to kill patrice lumumba by poisoning his toothpaste to make it explosive And the only reason it didn't happen is because the guy that was tasked with doing it had a conscience attack and couldn't bring himself to carry out the mission. Okay. Like, and that was in 19, that had to have been 1960 because Lumumba yeah. was, was dead by the end of 60. Yeah. Um, And I remember, and I don't know if this was true, but as a plot point in JFK, minor minor plot point in in the Oliver Stone love song to another conspiracy theorist. Um, (laughs) But in it, Joe Pesci says, you know, oh, wow, we could put a chemical in there and make his beard fall out. Then he'd look really stupid uh, talking about Castro. Oh, yeah. Which at least you're attacking. At least there's some rationale there because Castro was proud of his beard. It was you know, yes, an oath of the beard, if you will. And yeah, and and that was in fact one of the CIA's ideas. They they floated. Oh my god, was was actually trying to trying to do that. Yes, that's wow. that's not bullshit. So yeah, so oh, yeah. so yeah. Then in 1963, there's the Bath Party coup in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Uh, which installed the the folks that led to Saddam Hussein. It wasn't immediately Saddam Hussein, but it was folks associated with him. Sunni and, minority yeah. taking over a, a Shia majority country. Shia majority country, yeah. and it's not confirmed, but highly suspected the CIA provided aid. Because mm-hmm. that 19- would also help balance out. Well, actually, at that time, you didn't need to balance out Iran. No, because oh, yeah. no. In also in 1963 early in the proxy war being fought in Vietnam, mm-hmm. the, the U.S. gave tacit approval to the assassination of their own ally, No Din Dim, yes. who had engaged in active and brutal suppression of the Buddhist majority of his own country. Yeah. He his himself was, an <laughs> was a, yeah. Um, and, and he, yeah, he, he was a huge asshole. Um, he, is is quoted to have said to a high-ranking military officer, um, make sure that that the, the people you put in high-ranking positions are Catholics. You can trust them. Right. Not understanding that the officer he was talking to was a Buddhist. Well, 90% of South 90% Africa, or South of the, of the was, country was yeah. Buddhist because it's Southeast Asia. Right. Like, you know, when you want to talk about a minority government. 
Well, and his wife even said after Thich Quang Duc burned himself to death in protest, she said, well, if the Buddhists want to have a little barbecue, then what's the big deal? Like she said it on wax. Like I, well, I have was, seen the video was, of her saying it was it was worse than that. She said, I'm I'm I will be happy to contribute more fuel. Yeah. Like not not just well, if they want to do it, let it. It wasn't just let them eat cake. It was no, no, I will take away more of their bread. Right. Like, I mean, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we we backed a coup that led to a military junta that eventually actually overthrew itself. I'm kind of simplifying things to t- save time, yeah. but, but that, that military junta held on to power in, in South Vietnam until 75, but we let them right. take out the guy we were allied with in 1973. Uh, the CIA um, backed uh, the coup that installed Pinochet in Chile mm-hmm. Between 1979 and 1987, uh, the CIA uh, provided material and financial support to the Mujahideen directly against the Soviets in in their direct proxy war in Afghanistan, um, including, I hadn't known about this, uh, we exported anti-Soviet propaganda into southern Soviet republics, majority Muslim Soviet republics. We, We sent leaflets. And, yep. and yep. you know all kinds of you know pro pro that republic nationalist you know literature and mm-hmm. anti anti soviet you know pro muslim right like who knew uh uh literature in, into those places and so the phrase i use in my notes here is etc cetera, etc cetera, for 40 years yeah in the I name mean... of holding in the, yeah in the name of holding back communism the U.S. Mm-hmm. government allied itself with and actively worked to support all sorts of nasty bastards. Mm-hmm. And as long as we had the USSR standing in popular perception as a threatening monolith, armed to the teeth and ready to invade the West at the drop of an Ushanka, mm-hmm. the dominant culture mostly operated under a lesser of two evils mentality when considering the issue or more often simply avoided considering it entirely. Yes. Yeah. And you left out about 35, 40, oh, 50 yeah, other well, countries. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's only so much so, time we have yeah. to record this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, but, but that was that was enough to make my point. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, to to make sure to just drive it home. Like he is literally just picking the surface ones that made the biggest news at the time, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That works. So so okay so lots of paranoia yeah we spent an entire couple of episodes talking about the corrosion of public trust in government during the 70s thanks Mm. to nixon and watergate when when Mm -hmm. you uh uh did your episodes on possession movies right uh also the pentagon papers etc yes uh then under reagan the dominant culture got a surface level shot of nationalist pride Mm mm-hmm and despite him being outwardly a hard-nosed cold warrior, Reagan actually agreed to arms reduction. Yes. While simultaneously spending the USSR into the ground militarily. Mm-hmm. We just he just pumped so much money into so many military programs that like the Soviets couldn't keep up. Right. 
and 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 I really I want to I want to take a moment to to like focus on this for a second here because um, even at the time, commentators looked at the estimations that were being given to Congress for our military budgets mm-hmm. and pointed out like back in the I want to say it was the sixties fifties or sixties there, there was fear of a missile gap right. Right. You know, the, the Russians, the Russians are ahead of us and we got a, you know, this missile gap, missile gap. Well, then in the 1980s, um, the Reagan White House put out uh, as part of their rationale for this hugely expanded military budget, mm-hmm. this technical analysis of uh, the weapon systems and, and, you know, military, you know, expenditures of the Soviet Union. And it had all this technical information about, you know, their, their ships, the, the battle cruisers that they were building with, you know, anti-ship missiles in there and, and how, how their, how many tanks they were building and the, mm-hmm. the weapon systems and everything. And um, U S estimations of Soviet military power always took the number of guns or launch tubes or whatever at face value. On, yeah, a, on, a, on, a, on a Russian on yeah. a Russian weapon system when pitching budgets to Congress, and it and they all made us look like we were hideously outgunned. But even back in the eighties, analysts knew that Soviet ships, and this is the example I'm most familiar with, being a Navy kid, carried fifty percent more missiles than U.S. ships because their manufacturing and quality control were for shit, and they and they expected something like one in three missiles just as an example to, to misfire right and their and their fire control systems were not as accurate as ours right their radar technology was a generation behind ours mm-hmm. you know all of their electronics and everything else like all of our shit was more sophisticated and an order of magnitude more reliable mm-hmm. and so the upshot is we were never actually meaningfully outgunned but we spent so much money that you know eventually in in 1988 suddenly the ussr just kind of started to evaporate and here we were pushing against a wall that didn't exist anymore metaphorically or or, i mean by 89 91 didn't exist actually too well i'm getting to that ah and we but but in the face of that we suddenly had to face what we had done Mm mm-hmm and we had to try to figure out who the hell we were. Right. Now, the X-Files started broadcast in 1993. Wow. That, I'm sorry. Like, I remember it in 1997. Yeah. Because, again, I saw it at the Lipscomb's house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So it always strikes me like, oh, shit. That's right. It came out in 93. Oh yeah, and it ran for a seven bunch of years. Seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no, like eleven seasons. Really? Yeah, but after about season seven, anyway, I, I could. Yeah. yeah. So in 1993, uh, Clinton was in office or took office. 1993, he replaced Bush after 12 years of GOP governance. Mm-hmm. The breakup of Yugoslavia started in 91, which led to ugly fighting and genocide. The Bosnian War started in 92. Mm-hmm. 
the USSR officially dissolved in December of 1991 with Gorbachev's retirement and right. the official statement that the, 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 his position ceased to exist. Uh-huh. Uh, the Somali Civil War started in 91. Mm-hmm. February of 1993 was the first World Trade Center attack. Yep. Germany had reunified in 1990 after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And the Maastricht Treaty created the European Union in 1992. On the world stage, the United mm-hmm. States was the lone superpower. But in a really weird way, we saw that the rest of the world was starting to pay less attention to us. Right. They'd finally finished crawling out from the problems that World War II had created. Yeah. Like economically. Like we had a 40-year... Uh, you know, initiative bonus. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And now they're finally getting to move. Like it's no yeah. longer a surprise round. Yeah. Yeah. Domestically mm-hmm. here in the States in 87 congressional investigations had revealed to the public, the Iran Contra affair in which the CIA had sold weapons to Iran in order to fund the Contras in Nicaragua against Daniel Ortega's Sandinista government. Mm-hmm. Over which... and above the congressional uh, Boland amendment. Like they, yeah literally said by law you cannot give money to nicaraguan yeah. reactionaries yeah yeah um and the, the the sandinista government um had been backed um uh, by cuba mm-hmm. um and somoza had been one of those anti-communist uh fascist assholes that that we had been propping up right so uh, in 1992, Clinton took the White House owing largely to domestic disgruntlement over the recession in 1991. Um, we've talked about how the GOP and its voters responded to the loss of the White House. Uh, mm-hmm. The short answer is destructively. Mm-hmm. Um, so at home, even though we're the biggest, baddest asshole on the block, we feel stymied and we can't entirely trust our leaders. Right. And a big part of that mistrust, as you have loved to point out, comes from thwarted entitlement. Mm-hmm. I don't trust him because he's not my guy. Exactly. Right? And into that environment of mistrust comes Chris Carter and his show about an FBI agent who is a true believer in literally everything paranormal mm-hmm. partnered with a determined skeptic. Together, they investigate the X-Files, FBI cases that involve weird, inexplicable phenomena. Mm-hmm. Okay. Roughly two thirds of the episodes are what we call monster of the week. Mm-hmm. And about one episode in three on average is part of the overarching myth arc, which is Mulder's quest for the truth and vindication. David Duchovny plays Fox Mulder, who has reason to be cred- credulous. Because at the age of, I want to say it was 11, he Mm -hmm. witnessed the extraterrestrial abduction of his sister. Okay. I do remember something about Mulder hunting down his sister. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Mulder is a legacy agent at the FBI. His dad was an agent too. Right. At the start of the series, he's an outcast within the Bureau, nicknamed Spooky Mulder and mocked for his credulousness. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jillian Anderson plays Dana Scully, a medical doctor and skeptic who is specifically assigned to Mulder. It's made very clear to her in the very in the pilot episode. We need you to rein him in. He's brilliant, but he's wackadoodle. Okay. And we need you to bring him back down to earth. 
mm-hmm. bring his crazy theories to heel, show him that there's scientific explanations for all this stuff, you know, knock it off with the crazy shit. Over the course of the series, she reluctantly becomes a believer because okay. she sees, because she actually like sees shit. Sure. Like, okay. No, that's an alien hitman who shrugged off you know, eight large caliber bullets. And like when, when we finally took him down, he oozed like his, his blood created a toxic gas that, you know, killed one person and and knocked three others unconscious. And then, you know, when we went back to the morgue, his body had been stolen. Like, no, seriously, I saw this shit happen with my own eyes. Like she doesn't have a choice, but right. Because, you know, because the premise of the series is that no, no, the shit is real. Right. Right. So the show touched on nearly every cryptid, haunting, psychic phenomena, and of course, especially UFO legend from the prior 50 years. And the UFO stuff was what the myth arc focused on. Okay. Um, And so the myth arc is his quest to find out what really happened to his sister, why, Mm -hmm. and who was responsible. So now I'm going to give a spoiler alert for a show that has been off the air for Decades. Yeah. Um, The short form of it is a shadowy cabal of high ranking officials in both the US and the USSR, and we get mentioned that it's also China, were negotiating with extraterrestrials during the Cold War. Mulder's sister was an abduction victim. Mulder discovers over the course of the first seven seasons of the show that his dad was part of the conspiracy. His dad wasn't really his dad. His mother had an affair with cigarette smoking man. The series is primary oh, big bad. Okay. Who's heavily hinted to be Mulder's biological father. Okay. Mulder's not biological father meant for Mulder to be the one taken. Cause he, he, he had to give up one of his kids. Uh, cigarette smoking man intervened right. and the sister got picked his sister was experimented on for literally years, first by the aliens and then by cigarette smoking man's agents to try to figure out what the aliens had done with her to mm-hmm. like reverse engineer mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever shit could be discovered. And then Mulder gets some closure by finding out that supernatural beings essentially helped her die painlessly. Okay. Several years before the series started. Okay. The syndicate is the is the big bad shadowy group that that are that are these people who've made these deals and it, and it was made up of individuals who were determined to hold on to power and wealth in a world where aliens eventually colonized the planet they held positions of influence throughout government and were found all over the world now this is broadly related i mean you can clearly see you know relations Mm -hmm. to the alien conspiracy theories of you know hidden aliens amongst us and all this kind of stuff um and in this this myth arc touched on nearly every aspect of us ufo conspiracy theory lore but the emphasis wasn't really ever on the alien colonization of the planet like that was that was the MacGuffin was okay. the bad guys are all basically, you know, aliens made contact during World War Two 
And the people in the syndicate basically decided they are advanced enough that they are eventually going to colonize the planet. There's nothing we can do to stop them. So we are going to work with them. Okay. And so the focus was on the collusion and conspiracy by the powerful to hold on to their power. In the 1950s, the UFO movies were, you know, Mars attacks. Yeah. War of the worlds. They're going to show up and they're, and, and, you know, we're, we're going to have to fight them off in the streets, you know, and, and we're reimagining, you know, the, the battles, the, the battles in Europe at the end of the war, mm-hmm. you know, but instead of, you know, fighting the Nazis, we're fighting the Martians, you know, that, that kind of stuff was what was going on in those films. Right. Here, the conflict is, is only very rarely like an action film. Mm-hmm. There are there are a few places where there is gunfire. Mulder and Scully only only actually like fire their weapons a few times over the course of the whole series. Which like I could I could talk a lot about the differences there between the X Files and like NCIS, which mm-hmm. is also about federal agents and like they get in a gunfight every week. Oh really? Yeah. Um, but that's that's a different episode. Um but but this the point I'm trying to make here is that this this is a shadow war. Mm-hmm. The the whole quest that Mulder has is to discover and reveal and be vindicated by the truth and the people he is fighting against. The people he and Scully are struggling with. Mm-hmm are people who are on paper supposed to be on their own side. So is the truth is out there? Is that also a tagline? Yes. Ah, that one I remember. Yep. Okay. So, and, and that's, that's, that's not all there's, there's an episode in season two that is not a myth arc episode, but I think is really important here. Uh, Cause we see the same idea writ small, mm-hmm. the dynamic duo show up in a, in a small town to the, the title of the episode is Die Hand der Verletzt, and I'm probably butchering the German. Um, but they show up in a small town to investigate a series of cult murders. Okay. Only to find out that the cult is actually made up of the most influential and upstanding members of the community who are actively involved in a multi generational deal with the devil. Oh, jeez. Literally. Okay. Mulder and Scully thwart the cult's continuation of a generation's long string of ritual murders. And the devil herself shows up as a substitute teacher or in the body of a substitute teacher. It's, it, it's an amazing episode and murder swamp. Yeah. And <laughs> I love your reference to that book. That's <laughs> like, like that was one of my favorite books as a little kid. And then I yeah. became a teacher and I'm like, I understand this so much. <laughs> Miss <laughs> Nelson's missing because the bitch needed yeah. like a, a mental health day because y'all are assholes. That's yep. pretty much yeah. pretty yeah. much. Um, and so the devil herself shows up, uh, mm-hmm. murders the cultists, <laughs> leaving leaving our heroes a message on a classroom blackboard. Pleasure working with you. Now here's a fun thing. Uh, yeah. The word for devil in German is uh, Teufel. Uh, the word for blackboard in German is tuffel. Oh, so it's kind of fun that the kind of cool you know, devil I, left a note on the blackboard. I like it. Yeah. Um, 
what's what's as as a as a TV nerd, mm-hmm. um, part of what's important about this this episode within within the arc of of the overall series is the episode is written as a horror comedy. Okay, like it is it is a it is a dark comedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of the stuff you're laughing at is like, oh my god, I'm horrified, but I can't stop laughing. Kind of right, kind of right. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes from the whole series. Okay. It's it's a great example of how amazing the show was when it fired on all cylinders and it was the first time that they wrote a comedy episode for the show. And it kind of proved that they could kind of do whatever they wanted to. Mm. Within 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 the mythology that they were building, they could they could play around with the tone and they could do different stuff with it. Sure. There's another really great episode uh, that my I, my I went to I went to my friend Sean uh, for some help with with this because he he is he is my guy for mm-hmm. X Files stuff. He was he was a huge fan of the show, and I I I asked him for like you know what, what do you what do you think are some of the most important episodes of the show to kind of look at and figure out you know how I could tie him into what I'm trying to say, and uh, one of the things he said was there are some episodes of the show that make it parody proof. Uh, and Die Verletzt is one of them. And the other one is Jose Chung's from outer space, <laughs> which is, which is a direct uh, satire of uh, Whitley Strieber. I'm leaving you love. Oh, nice, no. nice, nice. But, but of Whitley Strieber and communion. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and and has, yeah, and and again, it's one of my favorite episodes of the whole show, and is written as a comedy, but manages to be scary in a couple of places. Sure. Um, one of the people they wind up interviewing is a a caricature of a of a nerd, uh, who's I don't know twenty five, twenty six, and as as Mulder and Scully are interviewing him. You know, they asked him, well, you know, why, why did you do whatever thing it is he did? And he said, you don't play Dungeons and Dragons for as long as I have without learning a little something about courage. You know, sure. sure. And so, yeah, I mean, okay. Anyway. So, uh, okay. So you've, uh, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, okay. Was there ever an episode um, in this where, how to put it? Where Mulder doubted all of his credulity. No, Mulder. Mulder That's remained. Mulder remained true believer. A true believer forever. It was okay. I I kind of want to say it was probably in the show Bible that mm-hmm. we Mulder is not allowed to 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 have doubts Mulder okay. part of part of what makes Mulder Mulder is he is a believer right now there are places where um I, yeah I'm sure there's times where he was wrong or he was chasing down a hoax um there are there are places it, what what happens more often than that mm-hmm. is uh somebody else brings a case to his attention because they're like this is this is hinky and weird man and this is probably something like you should look at and he looks at it and says no i've i've you know looked at looked at what you gave me and i came up with a with a profile of whoever did this and this is a human 
this is okay, a fucked yeah. up human, but this is yeah. a human. Okay. Uh, there's there's a uh, I want to say the two parter about a they they use the phrase escalating death fetishist because the censors wouldn't let them say necrophiliac. Okay. And so they they have right this, right you know and and you know somebody says well this is this is bizarre and weird and like this you know probably something you'd like just no this is this is a, this is a really sick human this is not you an x file this is yeah. this is not really an x file right is there ever an episode where he cross dresses no although i know where you're getting that from yeah because just, it's david duchovny wondering... and twin peaks so exactly yeah. denise yeah. yes yeah okay who was also a brilliant fbi agent by the way yes in that true. in that context so yeah okay cool all right so what we what we see over the course of the series mm-hmm. is um this this is where uh, you know, Mulder's whole quest is about the revelation and trying to find vindication mm-hmm. of recognizing evil that had been done by people in positions of power. Okay. And again, it's the, the myth arc of the series focuses on you know ufo lore and Mm -hmm. ufo abductions and all those kind of stories but the emphasis Mm -hmm. is always on the bad guys aren't the aliens like the the big bads that we're focusing on Mm -hmm. aren't the aliens who intend on you know trying to trying to show up on our planet and and repopulate it with hybrid human alien things it's it's the people who are selling us out to them. It's the people who are allying with these evil forces, mm-hmm. and and the story they give us when when we you know have them at bay. They say, well, you know, I, I have to do what I can to try to preserve humanity. You know, the only way the only way to preserve any part of humanity is to is to make a deal with them. We can't stand up to them, right? And so there's not a lot of difference between that and well you know it was either pinochet or have this other guy you know sell the country out to the soviet union yeah even though I it, it was going to do that yeah, but well yeah, yeah i mean I get yeah. you. It it's was, a false it, dichotomy but it's yeah. a dire dichotomy yes yeah okay so it's interesting to me that he never loses never shakes in his faith um yeah. about that uh and then the other thing that i i'm i'm hearing here is that um the aliens ain't the problem yeah the leaders are yeah yeah okay which again let's talk about the 1970s right let's talk about the pentagon papers let's talk about watergate iran contra iran contra yeah i mean more Um, immediately iran contra yeah much more immediately iran contra it was not public knowledge at the time but while the series i want to say while the series was running Mm -hmm. um the cia's involvement in crack cocaine right uh broke yeah yeah um you know i mean like 
like all all of the dirty laundry, skullduggery, skeletons in the closet, you know, yeah, that were all there. That came to light during this time period. You know, and and there's a recurring kind of theme within the series of old secrets getting brought to light, partly by the protagonists being, you know, plucky investigators who are out for the truth, but also just by the very changing nature of the world around them. Mm-hmm uh one one of again uh the the uh i think one of one of my favorite episodes i think one of the best ones in the series is uh entitled humbug and um it takes place uh in and around a trailer park in florida populated by retired circus performers <laughs> by which i mean okay. freaks right and um Again, spoiler alert for a show that, you know, happened back in, you know, 98, I want to say, but um, the, the murders are being carried out by the, what everybody thinks is the not really functional uh, half of a pair of conjoined twins. Okay. Um, And, and the one, the, the one, the one twin that, you know, we talked to throughout the episode, you know, finally breaks down and confesses that you know, his, his conjoined twin can actually detach from his body. Okay. And, and the one that we can talk to is a raging alcoholic who's dying of cirrhosis of the liver. And so his, his conjoined twin is detaching and going out and trying to find somebody else to attach to. Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing that is killing them. Right. And, you know, Mulder and Scully figure out that that's going on. They, they rush off to, you know, try to try to capture this thing, you know, before it before it can do that. And um, are you familiar with the the performer who goes by the name of the Enigma? No. OK. Um, the Jim Rose. Have you heard of the Jim Rose Circus? Oh, yeah, I've seen them. OK. The Enigma is one of the has been affiliated with the Jim Rose Circus. He's, he's okay. uh, a sword swallower. Is he the one uh, that puts his body through a 70s style tennis racket? Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. That might be, I don't know if Jim Rose does anything like it, but Jim, Jim Rose does all kinds of self hammer. Yeah, Jim Rose did his the, own uh, head yeah. and all that. Jim Rose did like the hanging the irons off his body and shit like that too. Yeah, 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 and then there was yeah. another. There was another guy in the troupe who 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 took that part of the act to an extreme, mm-hmm. hung stuff off his genitalia, and like, yeah. So anyway, the Enigma has his entire body covered in in puzzle piece tattoos. Okay, and he is he is kind of an omniphage. Part of his act is he he chews up and eats anything. Okay, so the the kind of punchline of the episode is uh the the we we see him get attacked by the conjoined twin Mm -hmm. Mulder and scully shows up show up and he's he's clearly wounded and they think the monster got away the following day um they're leaving and the enigma looks poorly and they ask him how he's doing and he says i don't know it must have been something i ate uh and yeah yeah but but the theme of the episode Mm -hmm. is about old secrets being revealed old old secrets things that things have been things have been hidden for years and years coming to light 
And Jim Rose, in his character as the human blockhead in the episode, Mm -hmm. says to Mulder and Scully that, you know, the world is changing. And, you know, we have like the sheriff of the town uh, had been a performer who had been a dog faced boy, but um, he, he got treatment for, for the condition that caused his, his, you know, heavy hair cover all over his body. And, and he says, you know, uh, with advances in medical technology and with, with the way the world is changing in a few years, the only freaks who are going to be left are self-made freaks like me and enigma right and so again you know things coming to light in the world the world changing sure rapidly you know paralleling the idea that that you know these conspiracies and these things are all coming to light and we're seeing all of this stuff Mm -hmm. so ultimately that's my thesis is that the X-Files is the 90s response to UFO culture. Mm-hmm. And it focuses on us having, or, or it focuses on, on the, the grappling with the evil shit that was done in our names. Mm-hmm. And Mulder's quest to find the truth and be vindicated by it is a way for viewers to kind of get catharsis about all of the shit that that our government did during the cold war yeah it sounds very wish fulfillment yeah yeah so okay so that's kind of that's kind of what i'm saying is is on on a certain level that's that's a big part of the point of the x-files okay so there we are all right yeah that's that's kind of what i got there it's interesting. I, I'm curious if there were any other shows that were akin to that that stretched, scratched the same itch at that time. They're contemporaneous. Because normally when you see one gas station on a corner, you see three gas stations on three corners. Mm-hmm. You know, so and normally if you see one six person ensemble cast of young 20 somethings trying to get laid in New York, you're going to see six of those within a couple of years yeah none of which will make it but uh still the the attempt will be there so i'm curious as to if there were any clone type shows or any other shows that kind of took on the same idea i know that outer limits had another run in the 1990s um specifically because i saw an episode one night i'd actually gotten home from work and michael dorn was in it that was quite something Um, I know that there was an abduction episode in the next generation where four of the characters remember being abducted and experimented on, Mm -hmm. um, from, from the ship, uh, and they're having trouble staying awake, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm wondering if there's any other shows that were of this ilk. Well, I do know of one right off the top of my head Oh, okay. in 96, Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there was a UFO conspiracy theory show called Dark Skies. Oh, and it yeah. it didn't even last. It, it basically lasted a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, wound up being rerun by Sci Fi Channel. Okay, uh, had eighteen episodes, and um, it was it was NBC's attempt to try to capitalize on the popularity of the X Files. 
So a Chicago hope to the, the X-Files' ER. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know of that one. Okay. And I mean, there are other, there are other shows that come to mind. Briscoe County Jr. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I feel like Briscoe County Jr. was a, uh, it was a comedy and it was very tongue in cheek, but it was an old Western, but the first, the first episode, they unearthed an unearthed foreign object, also known as a UFO. Nice. Nice. Um, and I think my, my comment about that would be that Briscoe County Jr. was a, an attempt to try to recreate wild, wild West. Ah, okay. Only, only bigger and broader and more nineties because that was what the nineties decade was kind of about in that right. way is like we're going to take it we're going to make it extreme right yeah you know as we've talked about before um but at the same time you yeah. do have alien type shit in that as well so well i think that that yeah. speaks to the pervasiveness of right the ufo lore and ufo culture right which there gets was back a, to your thesis i'm, I'm just yeah. trying to find other intellectual other, properties other, that other, do yeah. that yeah um talking about the ubiquity of ufo lore Mm -hmm. um in 79 Mm -hmm. i want to say no wait it was earlier than that i it might have been 76 uh there was a poll conducted in the united states 97 percent of people knew about ufos and the idea that extraterrestrials had visited the planet Okay. Ninety-five percent responded that they knew who former President Gerald Ford was. <laughs> so, in fairness, to, to give you an idea of the ubiquity of this fairness, in, in dominant culture. In fairness, how would they know about a man about whom they had zero votes when it came to his being president? All right, good point. Fair. But but at the same time, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So there we go. I I think I think mm-hmm. um, at the very least, I think Chris Carter, the show's mm-hmm. creator, mm-hmm. Um, with with his you know uh, very hippie boomer kind of background. Um, had some stuff he had to work out um, yeah, and and something about it um hit hit a nerve um and and this is my theory about what that nerve was mm-hmm. so so based on that yeah i mean aside from the question of you know three gas stations on three corners <laughs> what do you take away what do you think uh <laughs> The 90s were a time where people were looking for answers not in the realm that they were used to. You know, I I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah, you know, they they were looking for answers outside of the norm because all the answers of the norm seem to have been the things that had killed them generations earlier or had just lied to them ever since. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. 
there's an authenticity to an alien that does not exist with humans. And if you go back to the thing that you said was the main idea behind X-Files, it weren't the aliens. It was the people selling us out. Yeah. The people are still inauthentic. Aliens, authentic. And there seems to be something going on there. And I, I find that fascinating. Again, relate it back to wrestling, relate it back to comic books, relate it back to whatever you want. And you still see a, whatever it is that's in the norm mm-hmm. that ain't it yeah you, you've got the clone saga in in the yeah. uh comic books yeah you know it's it's not what you thought it was it's not yeah. you know um you got sting coming from the rafters you got hogan turning heel you got all this stuff of you cannot trust what you thought and the true answer will come from outside of the ring um mm-hmm. You know, and and I'm trying to think of what Star Wars books. And let me just look behind me for a second. Unfortunately, mm. I don't have them chronologically listed. Well, I know. Okay, by, so I know that the Thrawn trilogy that was '91 became became a thing in the early '90s. Yeah, right. But I'm looking at like mid '90s stuff. Oh, okay. Only one I can think of is Black Fleet Crisis. Okay. Um, but that was much more about Black Fleet Crisis wasn't about anything like that. That was much more about Saddam Hussein daring us to enforce the no fly zone. So, okay, I can yeah. see that. But, or, so yeah, okay. So it didn't insecurity it didn't... about whether the Soviets were really not a threat anymore. No, because the Yavithans okay. were a completely new group. So okay. All right. Yeah, Fair no, that the the Star Wars one doesn't actually universalize. Okay. It doesn't, out, doesn't apparently. tie in. So yeah. Well, a shame. Yeah, well. Uh, still two out of three. Yeah. What I what what I find interesting is um what really struck me while I was doing the research for the for the second part of this episode mm-hmm. doesn't actually have anything to do with my thesis. It it goes back to the myth of Russian military might and Russian firepower Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because um, at at the risk of, of, you know, dating us um, while I was doing the research for this, I was also doom scrolling uh, (laughs) through reports of, of what was going on in Ukraine. Yeah. As of this recording uh, it's, it's, Ukraine, the Ukraine issue has not been settled. It could be no. that as of the release of this, it has been, but as of this recording, it has not been settled. Yeah. And uh, so as, as I was doom scrolling, um, I found a video on Reddit mm-hmm. of Ukrainian soldiers having captured, I want to say it was a T-72 tank, which is the frontline main battle tank of the Russian army. And post date, by the way, Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cold War, the T seventy two. Well, I don't know. I might be. I might be off. But anyway, the T seventy two is what goes for the cutting edge of of Russian armor technology. And um, the the every, you know military analysts for years and years have been you know con- convinced that uh, the Russian army is the second best army in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, second best equipped, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and these Ukrainian soldiers opened up the hatch on this tank and looked down in it and are, and are filming the interior of this tank. 
<laughs> and literally every other word out of this, this Ukrainian soldier who's who's given the blow by blow kind of description of what they're seeing, every other word out of his out of his mouth is fuck. And not like, oh fuck, look at that, man. Oh fuck. They got they got fucking they got fucking look at this fucking like no, mm-hmm. not not in tones of awe, but in tones of what a fucking piece of shit this is. <laughs> Like, like we right. were scared of these fuckers. Like our, our stuff is in better shape than this. Yeah. And you look in the interior of this tank and it's dilapidated and the paint is chipping and, and, you know, it's got steam gauges for fuck's sake. And like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it looks run down and dilapidated and like they've been, you know, keeping it together with, with duct tape and bailing wire, you know, and and it that immediately reminded me mm-hmm. of the notes that I had literally taken like 15 minutes right, before. Right, right, yeah. You know, and it's like, we knew it then. How did we forget about it in the ensuing 30 years? You know? I think you tend to project what you've got going on onto others is part of it. We've gotten yeah. better. They must have. Yeah. That's true. You know, but... All right. Well, um, what are you reading? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm I'm trying. I'm actively trying not to doom scroll uh, in in regard to current events because it just makes me angry mm-hmm. and and somewhat depressed. Um, what am I reading <sighs> right now? Um, I don't I don't have any reading going on, but I mm-hmm. will recommend a movie that has absolutely nothing to do with uh what we've talked about but it will be a wonderful palate cleanser for anybody who hasn't seen it yet um if you haven't had the opportunity uh find a way to see Encanto okay um my my family and I sat down earlier today and and watched it finally uh and of course it's been you know hugely popular and the song's been all over the internet right uh but we we finally sat down and we watched it and it was it is an amazingly emotional movie okay it will almost definitely make you cry okay um but it is absolutely wonderful and i cannot recommend it strongly enough all right so that's my recommendation how about you well, this will be a lot less cheery. Um, <laughs> I recommend you. Uh, this is largely in advance of what we're about to do next week. We're interviewing okay. an author. Okay. Uh, we're interviewing Brim Tannehill. All right. Um, who wrote American Fascism. Yes. Uh, how the GOP is subverting democracy. So, yes. Go read that in advance of this show because uh, we're going to interview the author and we're going to ask them the hard questions like, how come you used end notes instead of footnotes? But in all honesty, it's going to because, be because we're we're nerds like that. Yeah, but I, I do think it's 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 going to be a good interview. So uh, read that book in advance of that episode. So okay, you, yeah. you have homework. Yes. Where can we find you on the social medias? I can be found on the social medias at Mr. Underscore Blaylock on the TikTok. I can be found on Twitter at E.H. Blaylock. I can be found on Instagram at the same address, although I don't do much on Instagram. Uh, We collectively can be found at Geek History of Time on Twitter and www.geekhistoryoftime.com dot com on the internet directly in your browser 
uh, our podcast. Of course, you're listening to us right now, so you you must have found us somewhere. But uh, if you're looking for another avenue for finding us, we are on the Apple Podcast channel. We are on uh, Twitch and Stitcher. Are we still on Spotify? Uh, find us on Spotify. Let us know. Okay, uh, there you go. Yeah. Look for us there. So, and then where can you be found, good sir? You can find me at Duh Harmony. That's two H's in the middle uh, on uh, Twitter and Insta, and Duh Harmony One um, on TikTok, slinging puns. So, uh, hashtag those, how I torture Ed. Yes, hashtag how I torture Ed. Um, so, yeah, those are the places you can find me. So, all right, awesome. Yeah, well, for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, the truth is out there.